In the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. So today is the last Sunday of Hatur. And God willing, next week we'll be starting the blessed month of Kiak. And so as we read this gospel, it comes at a really important time. Not just an important time in the story of the gospel, but in, in, in the time of the year that we read this gospel and we pray this gospel. And we look at this question, how do I inherit eternal life? And it's such a great question. It's a great question that shows somebody who's seeking eternal life going to the person who is eternal life. This, this rich young man went to our Savior and asked him, tell me what to do. I, I want eternal life. Tell me what to do. It's a great, great question. But the more we think about this question, and I spent time this week thinking about this question, because I think it's a, it's a very good question. Give me the steps. Tell me, tell me what do I need to do. I want to do, I want to get here. Tell me what to do. Everything in our life works that way. If I need to go to a certain place, I'll ask, how do I get there? Make a left, make a right. Like there's, a, there's directions, there's steps. Everything we purchase has an instruction manual. Everything we, everything we have is, is, is by direction. So what happened after the question? The, the problem is, the question is incomplete. The question is incomplete. Because what ends up happening in our own Christian life is that we think of our faith, we think of our relationship with God as a bunch of tasks, a bunch of things I need to do. How do I inherit eternal life? Come to church, read the Bible, pray, and glory be to God forever. It doesn't work that way. It's not just steps that we need to do. There's a separate question that has to come before this question. And that question is, who do I need to become to inherit eternal life? Who do I need to become? If I have that question, then the second question makes sense. You think about when we see St. Paul, Paul the Apostle, when he, as Saul, was going down and persecuting Christians and just very, very far from God. And then once Christ appeared to him, he asked two questions. He asked two questions. Now, think about this moment. He, was, he fell off his horse or whatever. He went blind. Christ appeared to him. No one else can see Christ but Saul. And he looks up and says, Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? And our Lord responded. He says, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. And his follow-up question was, What do you want me to do? And that's when Christ told him exactly what to do in order to start his ministry. And so when, when we see this rich young ruler, the first question we have to ask is, who do I need to become? 
Who do, how, what, what type of person do I need to become to inherit eternal life? And this is what our faith is about. Our faith is not about just tasks, just, just doing work, just doing all these steps. But our faith is about us striving to become who we were meant to be back to the image and likeness of our Lord. And that's what our faith is about. And so if we, need, if we know that we need to become Christ, in order for me to inherit eternal life, I need to become Christ. I need to. Now the first question we always have when we say that is, come on Abuna, I'm not perfect. Christ is perfect, I'm not perfect. How do I become perfect if I'm not perfect? Again, it's, it's a wrong misconception. Because we all are made in the image and likeness of God, we all have the potential of becoming Him. There is no question about it. We, we all have the potential. There's three things in this gospel that teach us what it means and how we can truly become Christ in order to inherit eternal life. The first thing is very early in the passage where after the question is asked, the, 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 the man asked him, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? And he had these, and he mentions the commandments. But look at, there's a verse right after that points out how Christ approaches, like how, how Christ handles it when we approach him. In verse 21, he says, Then Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him. He looked at him and loved him. The first way we can become like Christ is we need to love. We need to love. And it's easier said than done. It's easy to love. It's easy to love those who love us. It's easy. Anybody can do it. Even, even the people who are furthest away from God, even the people who, who don't believe in God, love those who love them. There's no challenge there. The challenge is figuring out how to love when it's unconditional, when there's nothing in return, when there's, during a tough time, during a difficult time. Our Lord loved us every single moment of His life on earth and, of course, eternally. He loved us even while He was being beaten. He loved us even on the cross, which is the ultimate form of love. And so us becoming like Christ, we need to love. And this is very difficult. It's very difficult. Because how do we love people who hurt us? How do we love people who we don't have a connection to? How do we love strangers? How do we love our family 
who we struggle with many times? How do we love our classmates? How do we love our coworkers? People with different belief systems. How do we love them? We love them because we don't love based on situation. We don't love based on a issue or a, or a problem. We love based on God. It says in 1 John, we love him because he loved us first. He taught us what love is. So he loved us first, so we respond. Love is a response to God's love. Our loving others, our, the way we treat others, the way we act, is a response to knowing and understanding that God loves us. And this is the biggest thing. If I know that, if I'm convinced that God loves me, I'm convinced that he loves me, then I'm going to act on it. I'm going to love others. The second thing is exactly what he told them. After he mentions all the commandments, the man says, Teacher, all these I have observed from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come take the cross and follow me. This is important. We sometimes think that we could inherit eternal life, that we, we can become like Christ without any sacrifice, without any struggle. Our Lord made it very, very clear to this man. Go your way. Sell all that you have. Give to the poor. That would have been enough. That's hard enough. But then he says, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come, take up your cross and follow me. Like, why? Why all of this? Just tell me what to do. Tell me what to study. Tell me, tell me what steps I need to do and I'll do it. And our Lord was very general because everybody's struggles are different. People can have Struggles in their relationships. People can have struggles in their health. People can have struggles with their family. People have, can, can have struggles with their friends, with whatever. All different struggles. With different uh, sicknesses and, and diseases. Whatever the case may be. Everybody has struggles. But what our Lord teaches us is that these struggles are a way to become like Him. These struggles are a way to become like Him. That we, may, that we have to embrace the struggles. Now, this is easier said than done. No one wants to struggle. We always try to find a shortcut. Like if you're driving somewhere and you check your navigation system and it says there's a lot of traffic, we do everything we can to get around it. This is what our mentality is. We avoid struggle. But in Christianity, in order to become like Christ, we have to do what Christ did. And Christ embraced the struggle. Christ could have removed anybody who spoke negatively against him, right? He had the ability 
to snap his fingers and everybody would have disappeared. He had the ability to not allow these people to speak negatively to him besides the, the flocking, besides the, all the way to the crucifixion. But he embraced the sacrifice because becoming like him requires us to also embrace the sacrifice. That's why Christ tells this man, it's not enough to just sell all that you have, but you need to come take up your cross and follow me. So in order to inherit eternal life, in order to become like Christ, I need to, one, love unconditionally, love without anything. Two, I need to sacrifice. Now, practically, what does sacrifice mean? Of course, we're talking about carrying a cross, different crosses in our life, the major struggles, things like that, absolutely. But sacrifice also comes in smaller packages. The sacrifice of giving up our Sunday morning. The sacrifice of waking up early. The sacrifice of going out of your way when you don't want to pray, to pray. The sacrifice is when you don't want to read the Bible and you know you pick up and read the Bible. Those sacrifices. Sacrificing your own comfort sometimes for the comfort of others. These are what we're talking about when we talk about godly, holy sacrifice. Lastly, we need to give. Our Lord taught us the true meaning of giving. And this is what this season is about. This Christmas season, everybody's thinking about gifts, right? What to get my loved ones, what to get my, my friends, my family, everybody, we, we think of gifts. And the gifts thinking starts, I feel like every year it starts earlier and earlier. We have sales constantly and people are thinking about what to buy and what, and that's fine. But understanding the, the, the true meaning of gift is to give from what we have. God gave himself to us, which is the greatest gift. And this is what we're celebrating in this season. But it's more of just understanding the gift, but we also have to learn how to give. How do we give? And, and I think this is, this is sometimes something that we struggle with. That we think of tithing as donation. It's not. Tithing is not donation. Donation is giving when we want to and, and, and all of this stuff. But tithing is giving from, like, from, from inside. From, what we, what, from who we are. It's a requirement for us as Christians. Donating is extra. But tithing is from who we are. It's a part of, it's, I'll dare to say it, it's sacramental. It's, it's, we take a material like finances, like money, and there's a mystery behind it. There's a mystery. We don't know what happens and how we have this money and how God takes it. 
we don't know. But our responsibility is to give, is to tithe. Tithe to who? To God. Tithe to God. To give to God. Why? Because this is who, how we become like Christ. He gave Himself up for us. We also have to give ourselves up. We give ourselves in time, in effort, and from where it hurts, our finances. And so the first question is, Abuna, like, okay, when I'm doing well, I'll give. It's not about, again, situational. Just like love is not situational. We give from who we are. We have one dollar to our name, we give a percentage of that. There's no, there's no like discussion there. Donation could have a discussion. Donations could have a discussion. Because then you could decide you want to donate one month, you want to donate another month. But tithing is different. Tithing we give from, from who we are. And so this season, we have to think about this. And last thing we're going to, I just want to discuss, which has to do with both sacrifice and giving, is this fast. That our fast, sometimes we have this negative feeling, like, ugh. We're fasting. Wait till after the fast. We turn fasting into a negative feeling. Instead, fasting is an, a, a chance for us to offer and to give God something that's very important to us, our meals. It's not a change of diet. It's not, instead of eating eggs, I'm going to have food. That's not fasting. Fasting is saying, God... Here you go. Here's my meal. I'm thinking about you today. Here's my meal. And that's why the church teaches us fasting is not waking up early in the morning and having some vegan food. But it's to push ourselves to sacrifice in order and offer this meal to God. And we push ourselves that our focus during this period is to think about Christ and not the meals that we eat to survive but we eat to live, not live to eat. And so we go during these, this, this, uh, this season, especially with all these gatherings and our, and our uh, time together, that of course it's, it's, it's important to eat, but it shouldn't be our focus, and our focus should be on what am I giving God? I'm giving God these meals. So instead of eating whatever, I'll, I'll eat just to to. Just to, just to eat something. And so if we can just keep that in mind during this season and that we may have a blessed fast that we can answer this question, who do you want me to become in order to meet, for me to inherit eternal life? That we need to become like Christ and glory be to God forever. Amen.